you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Around the NFL podcast is a positive locker room presence. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good, and we should all be very good and happy because uh, we're going to have a special guest uh, later in the show. Greg, you did the scouting on this, the advanced scouting. You traveled across the world yes. to find our next around the NFL writer. Well, it was it was hard to find another writer shorter than me, but I found that. Ma- no, actually, Connor Orr, Wait, our I, new is that even accurate? around the NFL writer, is a little taller than me. Okay. But, you know, it's in this. Basically, he's not adding any height to the around the NFL basketball team. But, I'm still uh, the tallest guy on the team at 5'10 and 3 quarters. Yeah, not not a good looking squad. Well, yeah. very good looking, but not good at basketball. But yeah, Connor comes to us from the Newark Star Ledger, where he covered the Jets for a couple of years, and he covered the Giants the last couple of years. He's going to be dropping into this show. He will to talk a little NFC East. And I imagine he comes. He came in here and he saw the studio for the first time. He's got to be real nervous behind that glass, thinking with each passing minute he's getting closer to putting his headset on. So, <laughs> no pressure though, buddy. Yeah, it's like joining, you know, the 86 Celtics or something like that. You just don't want to mess up with that team chemistry. <laughs> we have officially jumped the shark. We are uh, very high on ourselves. Okay, so we got a great show today. Welcome aboard, Connor, and we'll talk to you later. Uh, we are going to get it. We talked about last week, Wes, the biggest surprises of the season. Um, said it, I said at that time I was what I was looking forward to was to the negative slant, the biggest disappointments, and that's what we're going to talk about today. The NFL's biggest disappointments for, through the first quarter-ish of the season – uh, we're also going to do a little New York Giants chat, which is timely with Connor here. He's a former Giants beat man. We're going to talk about the Giants and also the NFC East, the division that, let's face it, it's a little friskier than we thought it would be entering the season. 
Uh, we're going to, do, of course, do our Thursday night preview, as we do every Wednesday, uh, taking a look at the Colts and the Texans, a nice AFC South showdown. Uh, but bef- yeah, that's a, that's a little surprising, too. Uh, but before any of that, we're going to talk to the uh, another man behind the glass, the man behind the glass, Mr. Tay Dyke. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. You know, we got the team of ATL figured out last episode, Chargers. Yes. Yeah, that's right. And if anyone didn't listen, I mean, because that was well, a Shame thing. on you if you didn't we listen. kind of snuck it in there. I, we didn't even know that was going to happen. That's the, Chargers. The San Diego Chargers are the 2014 team around the NFL. And, uh, you know, a special shout-out to Chris Wessling for se- being so magnanimous and just joining us. And being part of it. Yeah, don't call him a man who is unable to compromise. You're like an old government man that just crossed the aisle to get a deal done. Mm. Yeah, they're not my favorite team to watch, but I, I'm not going to hold this up to where it's week 10 and we're still waiting on our team. Well, Bipartisanship you, is what they call that. I think yeah, Greg made a good point a couple of weeks ago. We can have a team of ATL, and I can still have a team that I like to watch outside of that. Well, you can. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you can't. <laughs> because I gave up being a what if I just fan. You, not fi- you haven't heard what this is about? What if I start enjoying a team on my little iPad, on my little tablet, and I never even tell you about it? So you you would like Ashley Madison, the team of ATL? Exactly. (laughs) I don't know if they have Ashley Madison. We have a lot of overseas listeners. Ashley Madison is a website where you can actually log on and pay with a credit card to find someone to cheat on your wife or girlfriend with. I don't do that. I didn't didn't even know the reference. It seems like an awful idea. I can't imagine. It seems like a quite, quite what a. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> it seems like qu- quite a paper trail or internet trail you're going to leave behind by doing that. I think people overseas have it. a little more class. They're probably not doing what anything this, close to this. What if this Ashley's yeah. busy on a certain night? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I think there are many. <laughs> what the hell's going on out here? TD, uh, can we please do some news? <laughs> Eighty-six Celtics. Now I'm thinking more like ninety-six Chicago Bulls starting five. You know, mm. oh. because if this was a Celtics, he would have been Jerry Sheesting, and you don't want that. Well, no, actually, no. The, if this is the Bulls, because Kevin Patra is our fifth, so well, this would make that was disrespectful. This no, he's a Tony Kukoc. He's a six it, man. Let's go back to the Celtics and go. He is Bill Walton. Mm. Yeah, you can do that. Let's just bounce around different yeah, areas. A little bit of a resemblance there too. <laughs> wow, a lot of, a lot of it's only minor foot and a half different. I'm still um, a little bit disturbed by uh, the discovery of Dan's web surfing. <laughs> <laughs> Clean it up. My wife, uh, she's not going to believe me when I tell her that I only knew about that from ads. All right, so let's get into the news, and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, who uh, you know have what appears on paper to be a highly winnable game coming up against the Washington Redskins in their own building. However, they have quarterback issues, as we know. Uh, Carson Palmer has the nerve issue that seems to be going in the right direction. He threw in practice on Wednesday, but he remains a question mark. Drew Stanton also did some light throwing on Wednesday, but he's coming off a concussion. Uh, Everyone's boy, Logan, he's the other guy in the mix here. So you don't know who's going to start for them, but what we do know is that Palmer and Stanton seem to be on the right path on Wednesday at least. Is that the right path if Logan Thomas took all the first-team reps? No, it's a terrible. <laughs> well, it's a right path in the sense that at least it wasn't just Logan Thomas by himself. We, there's some indecision here, but this is one of those games in a loaded division, a loaded loaded conference. You got to win at home against Washington, and I don't really like what's going on in Arizona. It's not just the quarterbacks that are hurt. Matt Shaughnessy's out for this game, who's played a lot of snaps for them. Calais Campbell's out for this game. Patrick Peterson's not a hundred percent. They've lost 
so many people at some point. You think it's going to catch up? This to is him. Bruce Arians we're talking about. He got Kelly Holcomb to throw for 400 plus, 50 plus yards against the Steelers in the playoffs. Well, he couldn't get more than two completions for Logan Thomas last week. Well, <laughs> he's got a week to practice him up. I mean, it's concerning. It was just a couple seasons ago that Arizona couldn't keep a quarterback healthy. Yeah, and we'll get we'll get into our picks in Thursday's show, but um I will say I do like Logan Thomas or not. I do like Bruce Arians versus Jay Gruden at University of Phoenix Stadium. Point made. Moving forward, Calvin Johnson, the Detroit Lions wide receiver, really hasn't been the same. It seems like forever ago that that opening Monday night against the the Giants, he looked like his old self, the old 2,000-yard uh, self. But he's got this ankle injury. And on Wednesday we learn, I guess for the first time, we now there's a diagnosis, at least that's Calvin Johnson's diagnosis, or what he's been told, a high ankle sprain, which obviously we all know is not a good thing to have. Uh, he said that he's hopeful he'll play. Earlier in the week, Lions coach Jim Caldwell said that he would definitely uh, strongly consider sitting Johnson to rest the ankle this week against the Vikings. Uh, Johnson was asked on Wednesday what it would take for him to play. His his reply uh, via the Lions official site, a lot of treatment. So Calvin Johnson still doesn't sound like himself. Everybody knows high ankle uh, sprains bad news. The last couple of weeks, he might as well not even be out there, so I can see why. They would want him to take a week off. Well, and he hasn't been happy with their plan the last couple of weeks. Our NFL media insider Ian Rappaport said that he was frustrated with his usage. He essentially was a decoy the last couple of weeks. He was frustrated that he had to play at less than 100%. They wasted a couple of weeks. I mean, because now... Well, what does he want, though? To not play? He bas- Basically, he wants to play, but he it sounded like he wanted to be told not to play because he really wasn't ready to. Perhaps. That makes sense. Him as a decoy isn't working when the first cat, catch he caught last week, you could tell like he was limping immediately after catching the ball. Well, they went after his ankle too. Well, yeah, but he couldn't move. Well, it seems like it would have worked initially because if he's out there, you're freaking out if you're the Jets. But now teams might be willing to find out, listen, let's see what you can do. And it's only it's a shame because the Lions, after all these years, finally in Golden Tate, have an ideal compliment to Calvin Johnson, and Megatron's not healthy. I don't know if you need another. Uh, maybe you don't need <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Golden Tate's one of the best receivers in the league I'm not this sure year. I'd go down that road. Every, every game he makes a play. I mean, makes a couple plays. He, he has been really impressive. We had a lot of scientists teed over the offseason about Golden Tate, and I was totally wrong. Wes was right on that. Greg one. Rosenthal, colon, don't need Megatron in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> and Golden, he's one of those guys, he's a very good player, and he's really showing it more than ever this year annoys me a little bit with some of his antics and the way he carries on. Uh, but good job by him calling out Jimmy Schwartz for the carry off the field move on Sunday. I believe he said total douche move. Yes, and I agree. Other lines news, uh, Matt Prater, the former Broncos kicker, who was a pro bowler actually in 2013, signed a one-year deal with the Lions. Of course, it's been a disaster in Detroit uh, their kicking game, Alex Henry, went one for five in two games since joining the team in August. Uh, what is the stat? They've West. It's one out of nine beyond 30 yards. Yes, that's outrageous. It's crazy. That didn't even happen in the 1950s when you had like a 30% chance of kicking a field goal. And by the way, they play in a dome. They would have beat the Bills if they had a good kicker. What was their? I'm forgetting if they could have won their other game. It was a Panthers game, and they missed a few kicks there too. Yeah, it's not a close game though. But, but and disaster. as far as this is the worst situation possible leading into this week with their kicking game actually just killing them. But being able to land Matt Prater 
is pretty good. That's a, to get that at this point in the season, uh, they upgraded in a big way potentially. Like imagine if this were this would never happen. The quarterback position where you know we've got terrible quarterback play. The guy can't complete a pass. A total disaster. Offense is stalled. Oh, but there's a Pro Bowl quarterback that you know had drank a few too many beers at some stage. Got released by his team. He's on his couch. Bang! We've got a Pro Bowler sitting on our team. Josh Freeman's made the Pro Bowl, hasn't he? <laughs> Prater is well. pretty good though. I mean, he's the guy that. You know, during the SNL Tebow skit, when uh, Jesus comes to the Broncos locker room, he he prays to Matt Prater because that was the key yeah. to that Broncos team. Prater is also the guy. <laughs> More at, headlines from Greg. At, <laughs> I pray to you, Matt Prater. At Super Bowl Media Week, Matt Prater was also the guy with a, like a really bad earring in his ear pretending to talk on a cell phone when we were trying to talk to him during the group availability. And I knew at that moment that Matt Prater would end up being released and signed by the Lions in October. I remember you. <laughs> no, I didn't. Know well, no, but that. you. But he was kind of. You a, were out You mentioned he was ball. not a pleasant fellow. No, and I wrote about it, and I heard from him. That's also a lie. Uh, I'm irrelevant, <laughs> mostly, in the media. I never heard back from Al Leiter either, and I wanted to. Oh, yeah. Al Leiter ran you over at me. Yeah, he was a punk. What's up with you and kickers and punches, Dan? They don't seem to like you. You don't seem to like them. What's going on there? There's mutual disrespect towards each other, I guess. I don't know. His I don't analysis know. is too cutting of their of their craft. Who's the other guy I got after? I don't. You know, you're oh, you you you're doing what he did to you, Pat uh, McAfee. Oh yeah, oh McAfee. Yeah. Well, listen, he doesn't know who you are neither, Dan. Jay Fe- didn't Jay Feely get annoyed at you for something? I'm biting my tongue on all of this. Isn't Jay Feely annoyed at the world. <laughs> he just wants a job. Finally, in the news, Jaguars coach Gus Bradley confirmed at a Monday news conference that the backfield for the Jaguars is now an open competition. Toby Gerhardt is not taking the job and run run with it after uh, run with it running back. I did that. Uh, after an uh, offseason of hype, nailed it. Uh, and now entering the picture, Chris Wessling, Storm Johnson. Ow! <laughs> yes. Doesn't it make more sense that, uh, that Storm Johnson would be in your backfield than a Toby Gerhardt? Greg said he sounds like a soap opera star. Storm Johnson. Yeah, he does. He former college teammate of Blake Bortles, and uh, he was the best of all the running backs last week. Toby Gerhardt, whatever's going on there, isn't working. Denard Robinson's looked pretty good. Jordan Tobman's just a guy. So they they want to narrow it down to two running backs instead of four. And from Gus Bradley's comments, it sounds like they want to give Storb Johnson a, a chance to take it over. They seem to have Gerhardt and a bunch of change of pace guys, and – the problem a little bit, I see no fix to their offensive line. Part of the issue with Gearhart, and listen, he was a making-the-leap candidate. That looks like an absolute not, swing and miss. Let's be honest. You're not taking this well. I mean, this the Toby Gearhart well, no. story came up yeah, and a Paul yeah. cast again, over the room. Again, because awkward. the way that my summer vacation, which is if you're a football writer at NFL.com, one week – you, I spent the first day of it trying to crank out three of these that was making. That was you, Greg. That was no, Greg also took one week, I believe. We, you, know, you got to crank out three of these making the lead pieces. I spent about <laughs> two hours watching Toby Gearhart tape, getting all fired up, writing a long piece. You thinking, feel wronged. I feel wronged. I well, could have picked someone else. Because it wasn't just the making the leap. It, we did. We talk, We seemed to talk about Toby Gerhardt a lot in the summer on this podcast and then leading into the season. So he he did you dirty. Oh, it pretty much was just that. If it makes yeah. you feel any better, Storm Johnson's not going to run well behind this line either. That doesn't give my vacation back to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as we hinted at the top of the show today, we are going to talk a little bit about the biggest disappointments in the season so far. We talked last week about the biggest surprises. Now the biggest disappointments. Chris Wessling, 
who really does a great job with all these lists. Let's talk about that for a second. You're so good at this, Wes, and that's probably why Greg hired you. I I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I don't even know how invested I am in these ten. If you guys say you missed one or two, I would probably just sure. agree with you and say, yeah, I, I didn't think of that. Good w- selling point. Yeah, that was kind of a Sessler sell when you try to pay market compliments. I, I think you're somewhat invested that you went out of your way to needle uh, Sessler's Browns yeah. by choosing the Cleveland Browns first-round draft picks as yeah, your let's number get into I, I did not needle them. I actually spoke with Mark about this very issue Privately. before I wrote about it. Let's talk about that. We're going to get into that because uh, I have something to say about that as well. So here, here is – uh, Chris Wessling, the mailman, his top ten disappointments. The New Orleans Saints, number one. The entire the operation. Team, the entire operation, top to bottom. The Browns' first-round picks are number two. EJ Manuel, three. The Detroit Lions kickers, we talked about that earlier on today's show, is four. Geno Smith, five. Ew. Uh, Oakland Raiders' is paycheck veteran, six. <laughs> number seven, Nick Foles and LaShawn McCoy of the Eagles. Number eight, the Patriots' offense. Nine, Josh McCown, another making-the-leap casualty. And number 10, Morris Claiborne, cornerback, Dallas Cowboys. Who wants to start? Greg. Well, I want, let's get into the okay. Browns. Here, here's the thing I want to just say about this, Wes. When we did the top ten surprises, the Browns – were basically nowhere to be found, even though there was a lot of positive buzz about They were them. a one-and-two operation. Yeah, but there was some buzz under the surface. We all saw there could be something decent there. Brian Hoyer made honorable mention. Now they have a big win. The franchise is on fire, and they land number two on your most disappointing list. The franchise is on fire for reaching 500 at the one-month mark? Well, you have to understand the background with this franchise. I, I don't know. I guess I defy you to tell me how their first-round picks have not been disappointments. Well, okay. Brian Hoyer has played too good to lose the job after the— Well, hold on. In August, he left a lot to be desired. He left the door open for Johnny Manziel. Manziel could have taken that job, and he didn't. Now that I think about it, Wes is right. They have been abject disappointments to this point. It's just funny to see it number two on the list when you're thinking of the entire— Well, if you throw in a shot. Throw in Barkevius Mingo. Oh, wow. Last year's pick. I'm talking about Joe Hayden, I Phil Taylor. It's, it's fair. Because we did talk about, about Trent it. Richardson. That guy's a bum. Brandon Whedon. Oh, wait. No, wait. Well, they, but this I, is this I, year. The Trent Richardson <laughs> no, trade I'm going by out. if you actually read the piece that I wrote. I did Ooh. read it. I did read it. That's why I don't understand it. Well, Justin Gilbert. Why is the 2010 first-round pick have anything to do? So it's, it it's, says picks plural. All right. Would you like me to add all in front of the sentence. Please, it, clarify it It, it is fair to say when Manziel got drafted and Gilbert got drafted, the excitement level for that draft, and especially for Manziel in this room and what he would do to make the Browns more watchable, was sky high. Yeah, so well, the fact that their afterthoughts and Gilbert, was he even active last week? I mean, Well, he, no, here, he, he was essentially benched. So, and, and Chris and I did talk about this. I don't disagree with the assessment that the – when you have two number one picks and, and they've essentially not lived up to the billing four weeks in, four games in, I will say this, Cleveland at least with Manziel not actually taking the job away the way Blake Bortles did, Petten and company have handled the whole situation pretty well. Would you give them that? Absolutely. I think they've handled it about as well as you can. And isn't it, But isn't it a little early to get on a cornerback too? Isn't that a position where it's typical for a rookie to take some time to learn how to play the position at this level? Says the guy who watched D. Milner do the exact same thing Justin Gilbert did last in the That's same true. system. And again, I'm throwing Ooh. in guys like Barkevius Mingo, who was billed in some circles as the best pass rusher in last year's draft and is now a coverage specialist for the Browns. All right, let's 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 move to a different spot. 
Let's talk a little uh, 2012 first 13 first-round picks, I think. E.J. Manuel and Geno Smith. That, that's one of the big takeaways from this last month, that the rest of the team around E.J. Manuel was ready to win, and he was worse than we could have imagined. And then Geno Smith, who we all were really yeah. optimistic about, yeah. and some good things are happening for that offense in terms of the running game falls apart. What do you think about, Wes, I'll ask you, what do you think about E.J. Manuel? Because do you think that organizationally they're even that disappointed? Do you think they saw this coming? And like Kyle Orton, Kyle Orton was the, mm. the what we got from the outside to get a hint of that. But how disappointed do you think they are, or did they see this coming? I think 5.5 million says it all. Yeah, they were they were disappointed enough that they had to go out and pull Kyle Orton out of retirement. The guy was going to sit on his couch all year, and they paid him 5.5 million, a guy who hasn't started really in a few years, to come in and and be their insurance policy. And I think they knew. We talked about this in August. Our guess was either before Halloween or before Columbus Day, Kyle Orton would be starting for, for E.J. Manuel. The disappointment yeah. is not just his play, but the fact that he was overdrafted. You didn't need to take him where you took E.J. Manuel in last year's draft, and that, and that goes on the front office right there because you invested a pick. It could have been someone else. Yeah, EJ Manuel. And there is talk from both him and the franchise that, you know, maybe he could come back and be the starting quarterback again next year. How often have we ever seen that with a first round pick? Well, and what's going to change? Yeah. With what the, Sometimes with the Jaguars held on to Blaine Buff- Yeah, with Jaguars held on to Blaine Gabbert two or three iterations of him and it never worked out. Right. The the Bills did the same thing with JP Lossman. They, yeah. they kept going back to him. It never seems to work out that way. Uh the number one spot on your list though intrigues me, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, imagine if they hadn't made that comeback at home against Tampa, what this bye week would be like in New Orleans' place would be on fire. But, I mean, they they've have never looked like a very good team this year. No, I use the word malaise, and I keep coming back to that. That's what their whole season seems like. It just seems like they're going through the motions most of the time, and I don't know what's gotten into them. You say malaise, it's actually malazi. Is that right? Uh, That's incorrect. Yes. Wait, Wesley, <laughs> if you had to take one of your fellow around the NFL scribes and place them on a disappointment mm. list, and you, and you I can't like dodge this. this. That's pick like pick one of your writers and put them on here. Who's whenever I send you? out a, um, a mailbag prompt, like, oh, ask questions to the mailbag, everything's like, who would you kill if you had the chance? <laughs> ATL. <laughs> who's disappointed you the most? Who's come in, you know, who's not really delivered over five, six weeks of the season? <laughs> you know, I <laughs> – let me turn this around and say, actually, over the past six months, we've done a good job of cleaning things up. Mm. And now we're at the best place we've ever been. I think our editor's desk is great. <laughs> our Around the League crew is awesome. I think you're but, hiding something. But it wasn't always like that. Mm. Mark, would you... Things are looking up. Would you mind us getting back to the list, Mark? Oh, sure. Yeah, back <laughs> great to the Great aside. Yeah. Um, how about the Eagles? I think they nice should be try. A, a little higher up, by the way, Wes. Yeah. Nick Foles and LaShawn McCoy... McCoy was basically MVP level. Nick Foles had one of the great years statistically in a long time at quarterback in, in terms of turnovers to touchdowns. I would have thought you would have put them in the top three, but they're here at seven. They're four and one. Yeah, right, but, but this is about Nick the Foles <laughs> right, but fair I can't point. kill a four and one team. You can kill Nick Foles. And I, can, I have. You know who I'm disappointed with? Uh, ESPN's QBR rating somehow is Nick Foles number 14. He's the guy that is has the biggest gap between his box score and and his actual play of any player I've ever seen. Because, I mean, you made the point on Twitter, 
He's been outplayed by every quarterback he's played this year. I guess Kirk Cousins would be debatable, but you could say that he's – yeah, I, I think I, I you think could take that position. And and don't we always say that you can't kill a, a quarterback for his team losing? Isn't it the same thing with winning yes. too, though? Like what? Just because the Eagles are winning because their defense and special teams is giving them 17 touchdowns a week. I mean, Foles has been dreadful a lot, and McCoy can't even average three yards a carry. To me, McCoy – I know the offensive line is in tatters, but that's the biggest surprise to me that he's been one of the worst running backs in the league. Speaking of the line, how about the disappointment is all the you know months of puff pieces talking about Chip Kelly's sports science. Oh, this is the one yeah. coach that's cracked the code on how no one will get injured on the entire team. The reason these two guys are on the list, let's go at least McCoy, is the fact that, that offensive line cannot stay healthy. Total shambles. That's on you, Chip Kelly. I like that. Yeah, I can't I think blame. that's on luck of the draw. Well, yeah. I'm injured. It, all yeah. right, then, but it's I no, then it's no more just luck of the draw than the fact that he kept them healthy all last season. Right, I agree with that. That was a weird storyline that we saw in the summer that Chip Kelly has a magical formula for keeping football players healthy I don't, when they hit each other all game. Until the game is begin. Maybe he needs more uh, RC cars driving around on the mm. field. <laughs> um, Finally, before we, we end this discussion, does anyone else have anybody that's not on Wes's list mm. that maybe uh, should be? Open-ended question. Everyone's I, just sort of sitting and searching. Wait, does anybody? Guess, guess we should have prepared one. I sort of wondered if RG3 should be in the top ten. <laughs> I was going to say RG3. I like that. I see, Wes. I have it highlighted right here. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I was with you, Wes. I thought that this guy was going to be a comeback player of the year uh, this year. And – you can maybe keep him off the list because, oh, he's hurt. But that was part of the thing with him. It's like, was he going to be able to stay on the field? But even before he was hurt, he just didn't seem like the same guy, whether it was preseason or week one. I think he hurt in week two? Uh, yeah, he was. He was. So well, this is how the sausage was this. made. I got tired of writing about him already this year, so he's not on there. <laughs> that makes sense. I throw a uh, peek behind the carton. Even though they're three and two, I throw the Steelers on there. I don't know. There's something like they should be good. I want to be excited about them. I want to like watching them. I know they found a way to win, and yet they've had some stink bomb performances. And even when they get a win in Jacksonville, they're about to be three and three. Something like the defense isn't any better. We thought it would be a lot better. We thought it would be exciting and young. There's just I want more. That's on my list. They were one of the. That was one of the hardest games to watch when I, I watched. Almost all the games on Gay Rewind yesterday because I had an off day, and that was the hardest game to get through. Mm. Even harder than the Jets' egg that they laid. I'm disappointed with the home crowd of the St. Louis Rams. Uh, <laughs> consistently disappointing. Called out by Tony Romo, I believe, as just being a snooze fest of an environment. Well, indirectly, but yeah, he said. Okay, well, how about? Well, no, how about this? The Cowboys' home stadium crowd. Yeah, There's awesome. a disappointment. There you go. Tony Romo said on Sunday that it was like playing a road game in his own stadium because he he estimated loosely that there was about forty thousand Texans fans at his own building. He had to go to a silent snap count. Bad job, Gerald World. I should have put Cowboys fans on my list for biggest disappointment. Sure, why not? Uh, a little trolling. By the way, speaking <laughs> of Cowboys, is, do you think it's a little bittersweet for Cowboys fans, the four and one Cowboys? The fans already realized they're halfway to their win total this year. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought you liked the Cowboys. He's a big Cowboys fan. It's going to be a long Yankees. December. Let's throw oh, uh, Crows. Let's throw Reggie Bush, by the way, on this disappointments list. Well, he could just stay there, like number Why eight would we every do that? year. Because you know, I'm getting fl every time I watch them, I get flashbacks to the 2008 Saints, where like Reggie Bush has. It looks like he's going to have a three-yard gain, and then he runs backwards for 15 yards and gets everyone all crazy and then loses four yards. Now he's hurt. He's always hurt. There's been a game or two so far where I've been really impressed right. by says no. last couple weeks. Wes says you're wrong, Greg. He got injured. I I don't know. It's I typical. guess we could 
Yeah. What we, about we our guy? Um... <laughs> Did he ever get back his Heisman? I'm disappointed. I don't, he, I don't care about that issue. Storage. Whatever happened <laughs> to the Kenny Britt breakout, by the way? Oh, what about the Kenny Britt? He had, amazing he had a decent game exactly. against the Eagles. He had a nice touchdown catch and another play down the field. And, and That's uh, his breakout? Hey, that's what, what do you want right. from Kenny Britt? We're devolving. 69 yeah. and 68 receiving yards last two games. So touchdown last game. He's don't up, up. don't, up up. Hey, don't <laughs> get in the way of our narrative. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want these facts, TD. Narratives. All right. Kenny Britt, number one on Wes's uh, reformatted <laughs> top ten disappointments list. All right. That's it. Uh, good talk, guys. All right, gentlemen. So it is time now. And just a little peek behind the glass. We don't have enough headsets, so I came back behind the glass. Team player. So I'm standing now looking upon the group, a new group, almost the future without me I'm looking at. I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah, this, this, is, this is weird. But Connor Orr is now seated in my old spot uh, next to Greg Rosenthal. Connor Orr, welcome to the Around the NFL group. My Woo! goodness, thank you, everybody. This is great. <laughs> you guys – I have no idea how weird it is watching TD from this <laughs> angle, by the way, as he celebrates. Connery, now that you're in that chair, you're uh, you're going to host on Sunday. So prepare. Well, Dan doesn't do any prep. So. <laughs> exactly. It's just winging it, you know? Uh, we, you know, we were just talking about. I can about, hear you, by the way, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking, Kenny Britt. You have a history covering Kenny Britt in New Jersey. Kenny Britt and Will Hill are two of my favorite players of all time because I've covered probably between them about 20 separate minor arrests and uh, <laughs> uh you know it's you, you haven't covered football until you've driven to a car wash to interview the employees who saw in hoboken right in hoboken i was yeah. saw what uh who saw a uh, somebody discarding something frantically from his pocket <laughs> something illegal vice police rolled up to the uh <laughs> That, the scene. I feel I feel like we should say because it might sound like he was discarding an Uzi or something. <laughs> right. It was like a marijuana cigarette. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't a firearm. <laughs> Not a dead body. I was gonna say you won't have Will Hill to kick around anymore, but now that you are working for NFL.com, Will Hill will be on your agenda. I go where Will Hill goes. You know, He's, I, I, <laughs> he should be uh, off the suspension list any week now. That's right. All right, so it makes sense since we have the former Giants beat man. Uh, Connor Orr with us. I forgot Connor's name, but in, in time I will remember. I just learned today that it's Connor with one N. So we have a Greg with two G's and a Mark with a C. Come on, guys. What's unusual about the latter? I don't know. Just come on. Come on, Dan. Uh, so we're, since we have a former Giants beat writer, let's talk the NFC East. because, And I'll start by throwing it to Wes, by the way, because Wes, who has long been – I would say it's fair to say West anti-Giants. A Giants loather. Yeah, Giants loather. <laughs> very Can't interesting. Can't stand them. Boring. The most boring team in the NFL since I've been following football. So tell us, wow. Chris Wessling, what you tweeted after some film watching, I believe, yesterday. I tweeted that after watching all of the games on Game Rewind, the Giants were the most fun team to watch in Week 5. Mm. Wow. So why don't we start there? We'll talk about all the NFCs, which is becoming a sneaky, uh, fun division what what do we think about the Giants so far? Wes is excited watching them. Does everybody else feel the same way? Well, I agree with you. I mean, you know, watching them in the preseason, it was absolutely miserable. And now the fact that they can actually go to like a bunch or a four wide with Odell Beckham, Victor Cruz, and Reuben Randall. I mean, you saw the first two times they went four wide in that game. There were guys open by 20 yards. And I mean, Beckham was open twice deep once he drew a penalty. And easy leaping ability on that touchdown. He just looks like a world-class athlete to me. And that touchdown, they had not practiced that route at all before that. So, I mean, you can well, just imagine, you know. Question for you. I mean, when you were there in through the summer and it was in the preseason, it just looked like an epic disaster. 
to the point where this this is going to get real ugly. Did the players, you know, they, they say what they say. Did you get a sense that they really felt this could turn around as soon as it has? No. I mean, you know, just being honest, because, you know, you have to toe that company line. You always have to say that things are going to get better. But I think in the back of my mind, I could kind of feel some of the veterans, especially after the preseason, being like, what are we doing? Mm. I mean, is this really going to happen again? But, I mean, credit to them. I mean, you know, you have a new offensive coordinator that's just three years older than your starting quarterback telling everybody that he's going to make it work. And, and they're making it work. I mean, they won three in a row, and, and they look like one of the best teams in the division. And what? really, they should have won the Cardinals game, too. That was that was yeah. a real low point, obviously, in the season where they were at home and made every mistake you can make. If they just took care of business there, they'd be flying high and everybody would be talking about the Giants. Wes, Wes beat me to the punch on Twitter by saying he thinks the Giants are going to win the division and are the favorites. And I agree. I, I think they are the favorites in the division now. It's not like we're changing our picks or anything. I just think if you look at them top to bottom, I don't see a huge weakness, whereas – Every other team, you can see where they're going to fall off. They're one of the more complete teams, even if they're not quite as like wildly explosive. Like the offensive line, so much better. The defense is pretty good up front, pretty good in the back. They're get thin- excited, <laughs> Giants fans. <laughs> I, always, I always hate watching the Giants too. I feel differently this year. Why? I just feel like they're thin at spots, though. I mean, you look at that defensive line, and and if one of those guys went down, it would it would go into it territory where they're just dangerously thin and then I don't know I, I want to see them play the Colts I want to see them play the Seahawks the 49ers the Cowboys the Eagles I mean they've got a heck of a stretch here coming up and then then maybe I'll change my mind Cesar what are you so worked up I, well I don't understand the like across the board hatred for the I guess like, <laughs> oh. I grew up in the I'm saying over area, the last so. five or six years well look at they're their always on TV yeah. well, they're they always Super Bowl in they're the last always five years. boring wait the Patriots fan doesn't like the Giants oh give me that a is interesting weird <laughs> they've been Know, pretty mediocre franchise in the regular season under Tom Coughlin. Last and they've had the it's most, just a fact. They've had the most overrated player of the past decade, Eli Manning. Ooh, oh, wow. I don't know. Come on, that's that's hardly even opinion. That's a fact. I don't fact. know. I I, the only reason I disagree is because I don't know how highly he's rated. At by. this point, I'd, I'm not sure people First ballot Hall of Famer according Dan to everybody. because he's a, he bleeds well, giant blue. Well, the only Jets fan that loves it. if you listen to the podcast, you know that's not true. But <laughs> I, put, I put little, like, I put stock into little things like dominant playoff runs uh, two times out of five years and two Super Bowl rings. But that's just me. I don't put that much into them because oh, of course not. <laughs> because you could easily have not made the playoffs those years, and that's all just down to luck. That not nothing to do it do with how they did. Well, I think if, if he plays above average football for two more seasons, three more seasons than offense, I think you have to consider him a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Wes will be there. <laughs> no, Wes. I will Wes never will write the Hall of Famer. Let's let's uh, he move has on. been a fraction of the player of Big Ben right. and Philip Rivers. <laughs> Connor, you have to leave now. Yeah, let's let's move on. And before we move on, I just want to say, like standing watching. Over you guys, I feel powerful. Yeah. You ask me if I have a God complex. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I am God. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles. You look more like a scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Eagles. So they were the team that we all talked about as the favorite entering the season. Do we think they're going to kind of put it together on offense or what? Not until their offensive line gets healthy. But they will, right? Kelsey will get back. Lane Johnson's back from suspension. I think they still miss Deshaun Jackson, too. That's fair. I think there's a lot of panic around a team that is 4-1 and one with what's going on with their offensive line. I, I, I'm not going to panic over Philadelphia, and I'm not sure that the Giants are the odds-on favorite to win the division. I seem to remember, like, last year in training camp, watching other teams try to prepare for the Eagles and not knowing what it was going to be. I mean, it was so... 
haphazard. I mean, they were just throwing anything against the wall because that's what they were expecting. And mm. now that you have some sort of a template, I think that, that the league is catching up a little bit, mm. which I think really manifests itself in what Nick Foles has been doing this year. Well, he leads the league in giveaways, you know, interceptions and fumbles. And I don't think Foles is going to vastly improve. I do think the offense will get it together. Because even in those first three games when Foles wasn't playing well in those games, they still find a way to get yards. I mean, Kelly is such a huge advantage. But the defense is blah, and the quarterback's not great. I don't know. I, I don't know if this division gets to playoff teams. What do you think? I picked Ooh. the Giants to beat the Eagles this week because I think the Giants are better and not just by a little bit. I took the Giants this week too. I feel like every week we are going through this charade where everyone's <laughs> picking against the Eagles and the Eagles keep winning. I, I'm Who's not been call- picking against the Eagles? Well, there was. I remember the— <laughs> I have several times, and I don't think— uh, I don't think the special teams touchdowns are something you can rely on from week to week. So I, I feel pretty good. You have about to give the Eagles this. They have found different ways to score every week, and that it's not just how is your offense doing. It's as a team, they've found ways to win games. That stuff tends to even out over the course of a season, though. If you're sure. if you're relying on punt blocks for wins, you're going to be in trouble. Looks like got some trash talk going on this week. Or that's right. What's going on? <laughs> I think it's like it's they, like Runyon and Strahan set the bar, and then it was mm. O.C. and McCoy, and now it's like just minor things like why did you say something mean about me on Twitter? Yeah, you Jared, know, now we're down to like the Let me guess. Antrell the... Roll is involved somehow. Well, actually, <laughs> Jeremy Macklin <laughs> echoed Is Kerry Williams also involved? The two mouths that roared. Well, Jeremy <laughs> Macklin echoed your point, basically saying Roll talks too much. So yes, he, he does. He agrees with you. The, it seems factual. Roll did say that the Eagles' rise was attributed to a weak division last year, which I guess seems fair. That is fair. I mean, uh, Jeremy Macklin didn't think so, though. <laughs> All right, so what we should probably get into the team that actually leads the division. Who? That is the Dallas Cowboys, uh, America's erstwhile team. And can I just say something? They're going to Seattle this week. Uh, I have a feeling they are going to put up a fight. Keep it within a possession. Let's, Maybe even, I'm not going to say they're going <laughs> to steal the game. If you're going to go out on a limb, let's go out on yeah, a limb. Exactly. Are they going to hey. win or are they going to lose? Hey, it's going to be competitive. They are going to lose 34 <laughs> to 31, and they will earn people's respect despite uh, falling. I predict stands. a blowout. What, are they going to be like the Redskins and celebrate in the locker room because they lost the close game? Yeah, and we'll, Give me a break. Yeah, but that was ridiculous. But if that's true, there were reports that after the Redskins lost by only double digits to uh, <laughs> in their own building to a Seahawks team playing at a C-plus level, that they were singing and like uh, carrying well, on I in the shower together. I don't know about singing, but... I like to imagine they were singing. Singing would be incredible. <laughs> that would be... In unison. They were doing like the uh, group dance from... Uh... <laughs> I like that Dad turned it into like a three-year-old's birthday party <laughs> in the locker room. I like to think they were doing the group dance from She's All That. I don't think we saw the... I mean, let's... I don't... We didn't see the whole division coming, but, it, but Dallas, you know, in a sneaky way, has developed maybe the NFC's best offensive line. And that's something that when I look at Dallas, is it all smoke and mirrors? Are they going to crumble and they're going to go one and seven? Well, they're not because that's something that week to week they can, they can lean on. And it's more for me, can uh, DeMarco Murray stay healthy? It's, it's sort of in a random question, but, but history tells us that's been an issue. It's been an issue, and, I mean, if you're looking at a running back that could potentially net a huge contract at the end of the year, what's your mindset as far as, I mean, how many more times are you going to lower your shoulder when you know that on the open market you could probably net an extra two years and $6 million if you just yeah. come out of it clean, you know? It's a precarious situation, you know, especially with, with somebody that good. 
How about the Redskins? Finally, we just talked about their song and dance in the locker room. I'm sure it happened. I'll stand by it. Uh, do we have any reason to think that they're playing a little? They've been a little frisky at times this year. But do we have any reason to think they'll hang around in this division? I don't get the sentiment that I heard coming out of Monday night that Kirk Cousins played well. No, he had two unbelievable throws. One two really great, yeah, unbelievable Yeah, two great throws throw. to Sean Jackson, and they had no offense outside of that. I think the sentiment was that he wasn't a complete dumpster fire like he was. <laughs> Again, well, I think, that's, I think yeah. that says it all about the Redskins. Yeah. And that's, that's why that's they were celebrating. That's what your expectations are. You, I think that's what they said. You liked a couple weeks ago. You had him in the playoffs before the season. Or not in the playoffs, no, but pretty good. I, we liked him I a couple weeks out. ago. I'm not giving up on them as a competitive. I don't think they're as bad as one and four. I'd, I'd say they're you, more interesting than they were a year ago. To yes. watch. If he continues to progress, I mean, uh, you know, just looking back at the game, he was not staring down receivers as blatantly as he used to. You could see some half-hearted attempts at least looking off safeties for the first time since he's been an actual regular starter. So, I mean, if he can continue to do stuff like that, I mean, he could probably sneak a few games by some people. Yeah, in this league they want you to be completely fully cooked week one of your rookie right. season, and, and Kirk Cousins is not that guy. I believe he's now 1-6 in six as a starter in his career. Not to go back to the Cowboys, but you got to lock up that Mark Sessler Assistant Coach of the Year award for Rod Marinelli at this point. If he if this continues with that Cowboys defense, what about Terrell Austin? I don't care. That this <laughs> we you said you know we all said it was going to be one of the worst defenses in history. What about Kyle? Shanahan? And the thing about them is they seem well coached. Good point. They just seem Kyle like Shanahan. they're flying all around. Greg, you're breaking the uh, the order of the segments even more egregious from this angle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so that's it. That's the NFC East talk. Connor, um, it's grades time from here. I'm going to give you the highest possible grade I can. C+. Plus. Great job. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> no, it was easily a B. <laughs> Finally, real quick, because we're a little short on time, we're going to talk about the Thursday night game, the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans, two four and three teams. Uh, the best teams, obviously, in that division, the Titans and Jaguars are combined one and nine. So this is really what this division is all about, and this is a big game. Uh, gentlemen, how do we see this? I'll start with you, Chris Wessling. Uh, I picked the Colts for one very obvious reason to me. <laughs> if it's going <laughs> to be guess. close, I, my money's on Andrew Luck. And, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, to me, the Texans' offense just disappears and goes in the tank way too often. The Texans' offense, the passing game at least, is one of the worst in the league. I mean, they had – 30-something yards at halftime, I believe, last week against Dallas throwing the ball, and they've disappeared. And the fact that the Colts now actually look like they have a halfway decent defense, any anytime you know that you can stop the other team from passing, I don't trust them. I went with the Colts, but I, I struggled a little bit because I don't love their offensive line and haven't for a long time. And what we've seen J.J. Watt do this season, all Turn of us. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Come on. Wow. 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 No, but you know who who needs to be on that disappointment list? It's Jadavian Clowney. Because that's the guy oh, well, well, oh, like, oh. when he was when he was flapping his mouth during at New York City before the draft, what did he say he'd do to Andrew Luck? Oh, well, he he's got next time around. You're so mean to people, Mark. You are a factory of sadness! <laughs> wow. you know How about this? Live up to your big boast. This is Andrew Luck. He's gonna win this game. Clowney yeah. does have three different injuries since the Texans drafted. Yeah. That's not an easy place uh, to win, though. I don't think this is going to be some sort of walkover. And Arian Foster looked better last week than I remember him looking for most of last year. He looked terrific, and their running game has been pretty good. I see. Yeah, I see this as a uh, one-possession game where Andrew Luck makes a play at the end in I don't know, 2010, something like that. 
Feels right. That one is one game. Well, no, it's a one possession game. And Andrew Luck does something in a way we know. It's like ten, and we all go home. Let's all go home, actually. Actually, go downstairs and work for 17 more hours. Uh, we got a lot more to do today, but this podcast is over. We will be back on Thursday night with our full week six preview, uh, including hitting up uh, all the games on Sunday and recapping the game we just talked about. So send in your money tags. You know, keep it real. This is Dan Hansen signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, and TD behind the glass. Bye. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.